You guys hear about um, the former boss of Activision uh, now making anti-Trump dad rock? I think I did. <laughs> <laughs> go so, on, go on. Yeah. Activision, a notably good company. Yeah, yeah. So his name is Eric Hirschberg. Uh, he released a brand new song called I Want America Back in, <laughs> in, a, in a tweet. Uh, accompanied by a really wonderfully edited music video. Twitter, everyone's famous uh, favorite streaming platform. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I looked into him, his tenure at Activision. It seems that he, uh, from 2000 to 2010 to 2018, he was in charge of Activision, which means he oversaw the release of 19 Call of Duty games. 19 Call of Duty games came out in eight years? <laughs> What? So, according to my research, yes. Starting with Black Ops 1 and finaling in 2010 and finishing up with Black Ops 4 in 2018. What, so it was like Black Ops, then like Modern Warfare 3, Black Ops 2, 3, and 4. I don't know. The I other, don't, yeah, who fucking cares? I don't know. I'm sure they have, <laughs> I'm sure they have like phone games or like Angry Birds, but you play as Oliver North delivering cocaine to black neighborhoods. <laughs> yeah, but Black Ops 2 was literally the one that Oliver North like worked on and then gave yes. a press conference like shilling for. He's like, we haven't done any new wars. I need inspiration. The wells. <laughs> yeah, you're dry. right. Actually, yeah. that's that's the issue. They need another war yeah. to play through. They're only anti-Trump because he hasn't started a war. Yeah, what are they going to do? Go back and do World War II again? People are getting sick of that. <laughs> Dude, they got... World War I think III. people got so excited when they did... Uh, they already made up World War Three In Modern Warfare 3, it's the U.S. and Russia are fighting World War Three. That's what the Democrats are doing right now, isn't it? That's what they're trying to do. Isn't that their explicit pitch? <laughs> We're going to do World War Three against Russia for no reason. That's been their pitch for, like, many years. The Democrats are like, you know, the Democrats are giving us options. Either we can do World War Three with Russia, or we can do World War Three with China. Or the Iran. Republicans, or Iran. The Republicans, however, no choice, you know, the fascist Republicans only want to go to war with China. As opposed to and... a glorious multicultural war like the Democrats <laughs> want. And no matter what, Activision wins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Activision gets, uh, you know, ten regional games per war. Um, but, uh, so I went, I headed over to, uh, Eric's website to see if he, you know, maybe expands on the song at all. And he has a relatively long description of the song. So I took like a quarter of it. As songs come with. Yeah. And so the description of the song is, um, in case the title didn't tip you off, this is an anti-Donald Trump song, which means 30% of you are already, uh, looking for the thumbs down button. That's okay. My goal with this song was not to try to convert anyone who disagrees with me. My goal was to create a sonic release valve for my unspeakable levels of frustration at the current state of things in America. <laughs> and to offer it up to those who do agree disagree with me. Oh, who do agree with me, rather. You know, people, so, people yeah. said punk rock was going to get better when Trump got elected, and they were right. <laughs> yeah, they were. This is perfect. <laughs> Yeah, so the uh, the really nice music video opens up with a little uh, little uh, you know pre pre video sort of text disclosure. It says 
The photographs in this video were taken from the Women's March, the March for Our Lives, and various Black Lives Matter protests, of which have taken place since the uh, 2016 election. Yeah, every person who was holding one of those signs has since been executed in an unmarked <laughs> car by the CIA. <laughs> yes, so the, the video is just the lyrics popping up on uh, different signs of protesters. It's not good. It's pretty shitty. Where are those t pictures taken by, though? The cops? Like, fucking drones? <laughs> or do we yeah, give probably. these to the Call of Duty guy? Just like, hey, maybe you can do something with this. <laughs> <laughs> or, also, what's that new? Before we get into this, that new fucking Far Cry video game where it's like Black Lives Matter is the villain or something. What? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> it wasn't Far Cry. Oh, it was Tom funny. Clancy. <laughs> of course, it's <laughs> even <was>. better. <laughs> uh, that's just a that. Tom, I'm pretty sure Tom Clancy is owned by the CIA. I mean, he was a CIA guy, Tom right? Tom Clancy's dead, and I'm sure yeah, that but his estate, estate is owned by the CIA, and they're just going to keep pumping yes. shit out. Anyway, yeah, anyway. anyway. Uh, this song has some some uh, really banger lyrics, like super introspective, extremely profound. Um, exactly what song... you'd expect from the CEO of Activision. <laughs> yeah, it starts off, it's a long way to fall from where we started from it's a long way to go from where we're starting now <laughs> it's not I'm it's fundamentally the, the same now it's going insane <laughs> it's that it's the fucking mr garrison where my country gone thing from south park like it's it's just all of that shit yeah, we're talking never... about predictions. Uh, fucking Tim Heidecker predicted this song. Yeah. Exactly. Thinking about checking out. Can't do it again. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Actually, that line in particular, he, you know, that's a it's a joke. It's making fun of libs or whatever. But in in this guy's anti-Trump song, he literally has the the lyrics. It's hard to believe how fragile this all was. It's hard to believe how fast we tore it down. Don't want to watch the news on the TV tonight, because I just can't take it anymore. <laughs> None of that rhymes! No, I know, I know, that's the most confusing <laughs> part about it. But he's basically saying the same thing. Exactly, but he's saying it unironically. My, my favorite line is, don't want to have another pissed off conversation while we're getting something to eat. <laughs> And that, and that's uh, the nice. that's the real sum of all of this. People want to have to go back to not thinking about it anymore. The average person wants to just not feel like they have to watch the news or think about this shit. And for him, he wants to go back to fucking like uh, dirty Brunch. dirty wars in like foreign countries to make oh. video games about, and also not having to think about whatever is going Did on politically. Absolutely, and just the line while we're getting something to eat. That's the whole like. Well, you know, I have a hunch if Hillary got elected, I would be at brunch, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck is that? Shut up, I hate you. <laughs> and who, also, again, he's the CEO of Activision, who the fuck is he having these con- Who is he getting lunch with? Like, literally, Oliver North? And the CEO like, Rudy Giuliani? Like, Kissinger. fucking- Yes, Henry Kissinger, like, it's like- It's the Guild of Calamitous Elliot Intent Abrams. he's eating with. <laughs> Fucking absurd. Like, how about this one, guys? Sick and tired of feeling uninspired. This is not how it's supposed to be. It's almost like uh, like some uh, lyrical miracle rapping for a second, uh, but then he just doesn't rhyme. <laughs> the next <laughs> line, though. Sick and tired of feeling writer. That's not what enough for me. What does that mean? 
I like more correct, I guess. But yes, I agree. Uh. You do feel more right wing than the current administration. <laughs> Goddamn psychopath. Uh, he's sick and tired of feeling uh, uninspired by the lack of wars to make video games about. He was like he was like an artist when uh, they were like kind of teasing the thing with Venezuela and teasing a thing with Iran. He was like an artist that hadn't painted in forever, like getting back to his easel. Like he was having this creative surge. And then and then then when it didn't pan out, he was just on his bathroom floor with like a bottle of Jack Daniels for like a week. This guy really strikes me as someone who voted for Donald Trump and then got disenchanted for some stupid reason. You know, he's the CEO of Activision. Why would he not be a Republican? That's Why would he thing. not vote Republican? And Democrats are just as much a uh, war hawks and shitty rich people too. Yeah, the formative experience of my childhood was the first Call of Duty level where you're fucking assassinating Castro. Oh my god! <laughs> remember? Oh. Like... oh, I remember. Oh, mine was where you shoot up the uh, the airport. Oh, no Russian. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, no Russian. That's such a good pun. Oh my god, I've never realized. <laughs> So the article that uh, you guys found by Ethan Gack and Kotaku was literally just a link to the video of yes. the song and like one sentence. But I sort of I went on the internet and looked for a little bit looked for it a little bit more, and I found an article on a website called GratefulWeb.com. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's some EFF shit if I've ever heard of it. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And they did an actual like piece on the song, like you know they interviewed him and everything. And at, uh, around, around the end of the article, it says, quote, In an effort to support the song's powerful sentiments, Hirschberg will donate 100% of the proceeds on the merchandise related to this song to the <laughs> Joe Biden campaign. <laughs> what merchandise is there for this Yeah, song? right? They make a fucking t-shirt about this shitty song. What the fuck? It's, it's like a picture of someone at the protest who, like, they didn't get permission to put on the t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, with just, yeah. like, his lyrics on their sign. Well, that brings us back to who's taking the pictures. The cops? They're just they're just public images. Yeah, it's fucking... <laughs> the merch is just like Ronald Reagan with a gun from that COD Zombies <laughs> level where you can play as Reagan. It's a long way to fall From where we started from It's a long way to go From where we're starting now Sex Pest Podcast of the GSA. I am your host, Joe. Uh, I'm Danny. And I'm no longer allowed at the DSA meetings. 
<laughs> and joining us is Alex Morse, who <laughs> will now be hung for his transgressions. Alrighty then. For our uh, first hard-hitting investigative piece of the evening, uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, the Joe Kennedy-Ed Markey election. Uh, yeah. For those of you who don't know, Ed Markey just broke the Kennedy dynasty over his knee over the last couple days. I think he, end results, he's what, 10 points up? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. The first time a Kennedy has ever lost in Massachusetts, uh, mm -hmm. Joe Kennedy did not run for his house seat again, so he's fully out of government now. Local man, unemployed. <laughs> Him and Juan Guaido are going to start uh, some kind of club. I don't know what they're going to talk about. Probably They probably have similar ideals. Yes, I'm sure him and Juan Guaido will start a new super pack that's just APAC. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, but we had a wonderful, wonderful article by Michael Graham in the Boston Herald, a local conservative <laughs> nutbag. Uh, note to Joe Kennedy, conservatives take hits from progressives every day. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, I kind of looked into Michael Graham a little bit. Um, just to like get a you know any semblance of an understanding of the man after reading this you know this lion of an article, uh, he is you know he's a conservative and he is an author, he's a commenter and he's a Bostonian. Now he's the author of you guys might have heard of these classics. What order uh, does he list those things? Oh, I listed those things in order. In the order that he lists those things? Is that from a bio? I was going to say, because in the famous book American Sniper by hero Chris Kyle, <laughs> he lists his uh, his values, and that is God, country, family. Slighting his family. So I was wondering if it was like... <laughs> I was wondering if that was like... It's, cons <laughs> it's conservative author, commenter, Bostonian, so he's slighting the Boston, <laughs> I guess. Uh. <laughs> Oh, well, he's, he is the author of such classic books as uh, Redneck Nation, How the South Really Won the War, <laughs> and, and Clinton and Me, How Eight Years of a Pants-Free Presidency Changed My Nation, My Family, and My Life. <laughs> he's also the author of uh, a series of books called SAS, which is, you know, judging by the covers and the titles, I'm going to guess... British, like, that was like the British special forces thing in world war yeah. II, wasn't it yeah exactly that's british special forces special air services is what it stands for so oh i just figured it was about special ops commandos you know getting the job done for their country and in, in, in islam infested uh, countries it's that a, it's but they actually... also help hide randy andy from the american fbi <laughs> who want to speak to him it's it's uh <laughs> it's actually it's sass but he doesn't know how to spell that well and it's just about like just like a just a guy who's really sassy and he just goes about his life and nothing in particular <laughs> so other uh i don't know if anybody reads the boston herald i don't read right exactly. of us can read that's why we speak like this so he's got some other great articles in the boston herald uh this one's titled facts canceled and rushed to discredit anything trump likes um <laughs> the description of this one is at two anthony no, not Mark Antony, Julius Caesar's loyal friend who avenged his murder at the hands of Shakespearean social justice warriors. <laughs> <laughs> Susan B. Antony, the one-time heroine of American, quote, her story, has now joined Thomas Jefferson, George Washington, and even J.K. Rowling on the progressive left's enemies list. 
Yeah, Susan B. Anthony, like, hated black people, like, really hard in her soul. Yeah, that was the whole thing. It was like, you gotta give us women the right to vote, otherwise these blacks are gonna fuck everything up for you. Like, famous lovers of black people, Thomas Jefferson and George Washington. Well, yes, they were literally famous lovers of black people. They raped black yeah, women. Yes. J.K. Rowling, another, uh, one of our Another bastion fathers. of progressive policy. Yeah. Anyway, he's got he's got other hits. Uh, you know, progressives get a pass when vile speech targets Republicans. Uh, raise a glass to vanishing right to voice an opinion. Uh, <laughs> American sacrifice for greater good reflects on our character. You know, That's things like awesome, this. Awesome man, <laughs> America sacrifice for greater good reflects on our character. I certainly I certainly agree that uh, it reflects on our character. It certainly does. We might have to do that article. Add that to the list, to the other four podcasts I said we were going to do on the last podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so let's get the fuck into it. Uh, Joseph P. Kennedy III. The P stands for please stop whining, you pathetic millennial pipsqueak. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I agree. Shut the fuck up, Joe Kennedy. Uh... <laughs> You're sending letters complaining about how hurt you are because the mean old Marky campaign is picking on you? The meme makers of the Markyverse are making you cry? <laughs> Boo freaking who? I like all the alliteration. Does this guy write for Bojack Horseman or something? That's what I was gonna say! This guy's a fucking genius! This is the funnest article we've read yet. This is the, uh, this is the intro scene to Full Metal Jacket with the drill instructor. <laughs> can't handle tasteless jokes about your family kid senator ted cruz can't wait to match up against you his dad was accused of helping assassinate your great uncle and his wife was called ugly by his own party's potus and he isn't whining about it yeah absolutely we gotta clap for the real troops this fucking guy who's like yeah be like ted cruz and shut the fuck up ted cruz is the real troops yeah ted cruz is the real troops now uh trump made fun of ted cruz's wife a long time ago you know during the 2016 republican primary you know i know that was a lifetime ago so i will you know i went i took the liberty to uh do a refresher course in it and the very short is Trump uh, tweeted, Lion Ted Cruz just used a picture of Melania from a GQ shoot in his ad. Be careful, Lion Ted, or I will spill the beans on your wife. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Classic, classic spill Trump. Spill the beans. So Cruz retorts with, Donald, if you try to attack Heidi, you're more of a coward than I thought. And so Trump showing his, you know, he... he Lifts up his shirt, shows his belly. It's clearly not yellow at all. He replies with a picture of Heidi Cruz next to Melania. Heidi looks like, you know, this isn't very PC of me, but she looks hideous. It's and Melania... Heidi doesn't have the yeah, fine like uh, Balkan features <laughs> of Melania. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Melania just looks absolutely beautiful. Stunning. And so Ted Cruz decided to take the SJW road. He says, Donald, real men don't attack women. <laughs> <laughs> and that's basically that entire saga but dude melania trump is the most inspiring member of our current administration she was just like a slovakian <laughs> girl who got sex trafficked by donald yeah. trump and is now the first lady of the united states uh, i really Joey, don't you're canceled uh slovenian slovenian <laughs> dude i don't even recognize slovenian independence bro it's fine it's fine I don't get the hate for Melania. Like she's a she's a model. Like, she's just a she's just a person. She didn't have any hand in this. 
is she's just a person, but she's also an Eastern European model. Does does nobody know the what happens? What happens to, to every European single models. Eastern European model? Come on, I right? Mean, like, wow, I wonder how she got here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, it's hilarious. Uh, Jackie O sucks Melania forever. Where yes. was I? We're a Trump podcast now. Uh, <laughs> no, we're just a Melania podcast. Oh yeah, we're a Melania podcast. We should come on, honey. We should be. I can save you. We should be like the people who uh, are like Hillary needs to leave Bill, and uh, we like Melania needs to leave Donald, and uh, go, oh, go do here we it go. on her own. Melania no, 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 needs no. to leave Donald Not- and date Jared. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> Melania needs to leave Donald. Hillary needs to leave Bill, and they need to team up, start banging, and then run for president together. Yes, absolutely. Co-chairs on the president. It's progressive, it's bipartisan, it's, you know, just ever, ever, down the list. That's a perfect ticket. They got I, my vote. I gotta say, as a proud, proud um, man, the lack of a first man in the first gay relationship, I will <laughs> never stand for it. I want Jason Buttigieg wearing a little fucking bow tie. Tell me I can no longer eat cookies at lunch. Yeah, he's dressed like a... Uh... Nation of Islam guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's dressed the Nation of Islam guy from The Wire. Yeah. <laughs> Your other great uncle Ted spent most of his adult life as a walking punchline. That didn't stop him from going to Washington D.C. and working as hard as he could every single day to undermine American capitalism and weaken our foreign policy. <laughs> if only. Right? This is the best view of Ted Kennedy I've ever fucking heard. Oh my god. <laughs> You're, you're making it sound like I should vote for the Kennedys. Like, yeah. Conservatives usually love the Kennedys. <sighs> it really goes to show, like, where we're at with, uh, like, Kennedy-level liberalism, though. Yeah, that's true. It's like for no one. The fucking Republicans hate them. The fucking Democrats hate them. They're for no one. They don't stand for anything. And you're whining about getting attacked during a political campaign? Police. Buck up, Buttercup. <laughs> that is so classic conservative shit. Buck up, Buttercup. It's <laughs> Absolutely. Like, yeah, he. That is that is straight out of fucking Iraq. Yeah. What the heck? I love that lady's hooters. Like, <laughs> <laughs> let's go to the titty bar. His sentiment is correct. Like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Joe Kennedy. No one cares. <laughs> It's particularly grating on the ears of Massachusetts conservatives who get more abuse before lunch than you've gotten during your entire campaign. That is, if we're allowed to eat lunch. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck does he mean if we're allowed to eat lunch? He's he's doing, uh, he's doing, did he say we're first off? Did he ever hold office? And uh, second, he's doing like a, I walked up to I walked to school up a hill both ways in the snow kind of yeah. kind of thing. Well, I like how uh, on both sides of the aisle, the number one issue seems to be going out to eat lunch and being yelled at. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, he's talking about that video where uh, people were eating lunch and got yeah. surrounded by protesters. And yeah, they were, yeah. And they were like, uh, "Say you see, say we're seen." <laughs> I don't, I don't know what happened really, but it made a lot of people really angry. She was uh, like, "I refuse to see you." No, that lady was a BLM person. She was just like, "I want to eat lunch. Please go away." Yeah, <laughs> just the people who surrounded her are awesome. Uh, eating food. Uh, he also talks about uh, Mr. Sandman for several yeah. paragraphs. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he really drones on about the uh, the eating lunch and getting yelled at thing for like, I mean, I I think it was like seven or six or seven paragraphs. Yeah, it's like he's really hung up on that. Very much so. It's really, and he's, the re- he's really thing. scared to go get lunch now. Whatever fucking food they eat in Boston. And it's like I don't get why people get so angry about the Sandman thing because because it's like or at least conservatives because it's like the kid is like a multimillionaire now. Well, that's a point he makes. I don't know. It's like that kid was there with his like shitty private school that just like breeds Brett Kavanaugh's, and they were like protesting like <laughs> abortion or some shit. Like, still fuck that kid. Like, no, absolutely. And that kid's just working on McConnell's campaign. We just gave him a yeah. national profile. Shit's annoying. He, he gets to be a, yeah. he gets to be a Gravel kid. He's gonna run Mitch McConnell's Twitter eventually, and then well, he gets to... they're gonna have to fire him because he's just gonna like <laughs> use a slur. <laughs> <laughs> like a new kind of slur he'll invent a new mean thing to say against the portuguese <laughs> it'll be like a it'll be like a tiktok slur absolutely <laughs> new age you portuguese slurs. water dog uh all that kid did was put on a hat jpk3 uh you're running for the u.s senate why would you expect a free ride because he's a socialist communist because yeah, like, he's a fucking kennedy of course i'm so happy he lost oh that's right you're a liberal running for the Senate in Massachusetts. All you've ever known is a free ride. A guy who drives a truck for a living should expect Massachusetts progressives to spit at him for his Trump 2020 bumper sticker because, hey, he's asking for it. <laughs> That's awesome. It's They've just repurposed the uh, spitting on vets thing. Absolutely, but now we're spitting <laughs> on, I don't know. Truckers. Yeah, truckers jet- with bumper stickers. Why, jet why would dealership you- owners who own <laughs> yeah. pickup trucks. Why would anyone spit on a veterinarian? <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hate veterinarians. <laughs> All my homies hate veterinarians. Yo, <laughs> fucking dogs, bro. You're you're like a Christian scientist or whatever, but like only for dogs. Like dogs don't get medicine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holistic approaches for dogs. Mr. Graham seems to be uh really sick about the fact that massachusetts is solidly blue it has a republican governor right now doesn't it i don't know massachusetts governor yeah we're the best researched podcast of all time we're under the comedy tab Uh, isn't it mark isn't it mark Wahlberg? it is mark Wahlberg. (laughs) yes after he beat up that vietnamese guy it inspired voters and it's mark Wahlberg with the uh penis from boogie nights absolutely <laughs> just fucking drops it out on the podium while he's speaking <laughs> absolutely he, he's just slapping it against the podium while he's speaking it's like a nervous tick he makes his opponent talk into it like it's a microphone <laughs> he's like the next Lyndon, he's the next lyndon johnson <laughs> It's act- it's Charlie Baker, it's a Republican, it's like, shut up, you're literally in charge right now. Uh, but moving on. But progressives seeking high public office should skate by unscathed. And it would have worked, JPK3. You just made one mistake. <laughs> you picked a liberal who's even loonier than you. <laughs> I guess he's talking about Marky there? Uh, yeah, he is talking about Marky there, but it's just well, like... He was... Uh, did Joe Kennedy picked Marky to run again? He's the incumbent! What is this guy talking about? Well, he's right in a sense where, you know, Joe Kennedy probably would have just been given Warren's seat before this, but now he'll have uh, to probably run in a primary against Diana Presley and probably lose because he's a charisma black hole. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe he'll do some uh, soul-searching and he'll be like, oh, maybe if I get out of politics now I can live to see, like, 55. <laughs> uh, it's awesome. If Joe Kennedy the third had run as a Republican, 
This guy would be so excited. He would be literally frothing at the fucking penis. Like, oh, yeah. But he didn't, and, uh, I don't know. The whole Joe Kennedy the Third arc really speaks to the way our political system breeds its new leaders. It starts with, like, Obama when you look at the Illinois-Chicago machine. Within ten years from joining the government, he gets the presidency. We're going yeah. forward to Kamala in California. It's the exact same arc. Mm-hmm. And, uh, over here in Dirty Jersey... Cory Booker was on a similar trajectory, but again, Charisma Black Hole just didn't work for him. And uh, Joe think... Kennedy would have been another one of these blood-sucking fucking vampires, but he fucked it up because he's somehow... Every Kennedy generation gets stupider. Joey, I think... Uh, <laughs> somehow. Yeah, we, somehow. We just can't figure it we out. We actually have the precisely wrong take on this podcast. Um... The Kennedys are a bastion of Irish success in America. They're the only, <laughs> they're the only successful Irish family in the world, and we need to support them and uh, fund them at any cost. Hey, Amy Kennedy just won her primary in Jersey, and I'm supposed to be related to her. Therefore, I am this great bastion of Irish thought. I wanted Joe Kennedy the third to leave because if I had to say I was distantly related to him when he was like, you know, declaring war on. Belarus for some fucking reason I'd hang myself <laughs> that'd be awesome you get a fatwa yeah by, by proxy <laughs> you've, you've been fatwaed Larry Talk about the uh, Rand Paul thing yet? Mm-mm. Oh, that thing was fucking amazing, wasn't it? What, him getting surrounded, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he went on Fox and Friends and he was like, All these people are trying to destroy me. They were trying to murder me for my support of our dear president. Rand Paul, historically, has proven to be very easy to harm. So I think if they wanted to, they would have. Yeah, that neighbor's done more against Republicans than the Democratic Party has in 50 years. Dude, Rand Paul was probably, like, covering his ribs so tight when they were yelling at him. Oh, right, as soon as someone, like, raises their voice against him, he just gets scared now. He probably wears a bulletproof vest, not even because he thinks he's going to get shot, but because he doesn't want to get kicked in the ribs again. Exactly, extra Kevlar protection. Rand Paul is, like, the worst libertarian ever. He couldn't even protect himself on his own property. That property fight so fucking clearly started because he was being a pest. Like, do you know anything about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember the whole thing. It's, right, it's one was... of the greatest things to have happened in the past, like, five years. Just a fight over mowing the lawn and stacking, like, a pile of wood too close to the other person's fucking property. Mm-hmm. It's... Holy shit, he broke his arm and six of his ribs? I think he punctured his lung. That's awesome! I oh think, my god! I think one of I think one of his ribs hit Randy in the old uh, breathing bag. <laughs> I'm back, lads. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Did you know Rand Paul broke six of his own ribs to uh, suck his own dick? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was actually a kink thing. There's like a video of this whole thing. The guy like carefully breaking Rand Paul's ribs with a hammer. 
Uh, all right. Well, welcome back to the second half of the show. Um, <laughs> uh, so this week we are staying on the Massachusetts election um, topic. Uh, started with Marky Kennedy because uh, that 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 election because was... we won that one. Yeah, we won that one. So then there is, of course, the Richard Neal Alex Morse. Um, election for the House in District 1, which was, you know, the Markey campaign, it was, it, it had looked pretty good for Markey for a pretty good amount of time. Like, it was pretty in the bag. But Alex Morris, uh, if I recall correctly, he wasn't doing great for, like, a while, right? And then he got a huge surge when um, when that, that, that scandal broke. Yeah, ironically, when those uh, blood-sucking bastards who tried to frame Alex Morris as a person who does have sex fucking worms uh, did that fucking thing it gave morse a national profile and attention mm -hmm. it resulted in his best fundraising day etc yeah like this was pretty close end results yeah. what are we looking at 59 to 41 percent mm-hmm like it's not blown out of the water like it really was probably going to be otherwise mm-hmm uh but uh my take fully is that those worms uh Morse didn't win, so Neil owes those worms a job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, so can, they, can, they can fucking get him his tea and rub his back and shit like they always wanted to. Exactly. So this week we have an article in Jacobin for you guys. Uh, it's called, Richard Neal has spent decades carrying water for corporate America by... Okay, alright, hold on. Bronco Marsetti. Bronco Marsetti. Dominic Domingo. <laughs> Moving on, uh, so it starts out, Richard Neal's career is the story of a low-profile pro lawmaker keeping his head down, doing the work, and serving the interests of the corporate donors who give him money. For card-carrying members of the Beltway and the establishment press, Neal is an old-school D.C. politician, first in Congress's clubby culture of compromise, bipartisanship, and deal-making, the, quote, insider's insider. So this is the guy who just won his seat back. A clubby culture of compromise... Bipartisanship and deal making, Little St. James Island. <laughs> That's what that is. Like, <laughs> God damn it. Washington should just be called uh, the Temple. Also, the Insider's Insider has my third eye way the fuck open. It's uh, yeah. it's fucking. That's all the cops in the wire drinking beer in the parking lot after they like go do a hate crime. Oh, absolutely. They're, they're, but it's just they're throwing their cans of beer on, like, the top of the Capitol building instead of <laughs> the police headquarters. They have much better arms. For all the evil they do, they all have fucking great arms. Jimmy McNulty is basically Joe Kennedy the third, in that he's an Irishman, and his only line is, What the fuck did I do? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to this. <laughs> so... A conspiracy of circumstance has made Neil, the 16-term congressman who spent his 32 years in Washington keeping his head down and quietly rising in the Democratic pecking order, an unexpected flashpoint in 2020. Having ascended in 2019 to the chairmanship of the powerful Ways, House Ways and Means Committee, which oversees not only entitlements but any legislation related to taxes, Neil will be in a unique position should Democrats win in November. And, uh, of course, all this matters in November because he's the one who's going to be controlling the taxes and he will be the one who mm -hmm. personally, like, rules any progressive legislation we'd like unconstitutional because it makes rich people pay more in taxes. 
Yes, exactly. Fucking his uh his two like cronies who tried to uh, set up Alex Morse, who I imagine like Hades henchmen and uh, Hercules. That's what they look like. Um, <laughs> they're probably gonna be like, you should tax people's Tinder messages. <laughs> no no one, very... no one's allowed to fuck. No one's allowed to try to fuck. Big Democrat brain shit. So, it says exactly uh, what you said, Joe. Um, if a potential President Joe Biden really intends to transform the country and become, quote, the most progressive president since FDR, Richie Neal could well be the man who makes or breaks that promise. And as of the end of August, the latter looks more likely. Neal is a skeptic of Medicare for All, uh, even after, you know, it has surged in popularity since coronavirus. He's also, uh, he also refuses to endorse the Green New Deal, despite huge grassroots pressure in his district to do so. Let me attack, attack a couple more of these sentences directly. The most progressive president since FDR. FDR's entire bid was to stop an emerging socialist party. He adopted yeah. the parts that could be most easily reconciled with capital, and as a result, he's the most progressive president. So yes. the only way he would be the most progressive president since FDR is if he did that to Bernie, which he has no goddamn interest in doing. <laughs> he, uh, they, they mean he's going to put someone in internment camps. They don't know who. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a new type of person will be put in internment camps. No more Portuguese. We're getting rid of them. That's the thing. People are like, we have to vote for Joe Biden. There's concentration camps at the border. And it's like, who do you think like started that Joe shit? Joe Biden's outward promise is he's going to turn Cuba into a concentration camp. <laughs> yeah. just Neil, expanding Guanta Guantanamo Bay Neil is a skeptic yeah <laughs> just make Guantanamo Bay most of the country uh, <laughs> Neil is a skeptic of Medicare for all uh, healthcare policy that has surged in popularity because 35% of the United States is unemployed so 35% has lost healthcare in the last what yeah. six months <laughs> yes 35% uh, of the people who had it to begin with Exactly. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Richard Neal, suck 35% of my cock. You can't do it. You have to suck the whole thing. <laughs> no teeth, either. No teeth. All right. Richard Neal probably doesn't have teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Ribbed for your pleasure. Uh. <laughs> um, so, Neal's power and, for at least some of his constituents, existence has become headline news largely because of a primary challenge from Dust Justice Democrat and Holyoke Mayor Alex Morse. The race has become national news thanks to a recent smear campaign against Morris orchestrated for the benefit of Neil. And, he clarifies, without his knowledge by yeah. local uh, college and state Democrats. Um, yeah, I'm totally sure he didn't fucking know about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They met in On the, the fucking record. basement of, like, the whatever Amherst College and... I don't know. They they played Watergate basically. He's like, "Well, you two, you guys are my plumbers." <laughs> literally, literally, man. So, but honestly, that is I, I think that's one of the best things to come out of this entire situation is the fact that they both do now have national profiles. Alex Morse for being, you know, a good person smeared by a bad person, and Richard Deal as uh you know, an oh, evil person, and yeah, now everything fucking vampire. That he's, obstacle to progress. Everything he's done is in the limelight now. Absolutely. Now people are looking at him for the first time ever, and people are just sort of like, what the fuck? Why is this the guy who represents us? This guy sucks. Exactly. And he came so close to being usurped. He did. Yeah, I don't know. I really hope Morse runs with it after this. There's no reason to stop now. Mm-hmm. We got two more years. We'll do it right next time. So... Elected in 1988 after an 18-term Democrat resigned, he ran largely unopposed for three decades in the solidly blue MA-1 uh, seat. 
though at the same time in the throes of donor and corporate influence scandals. So he's no stranger to these ridiculous scandals, but usually they involve, uh, you know, lobbyists and donors ripping money off of the state or, you know, him just blatant influence peddling. Oh, yeah. Let's get into it. I love some fucking influence peddling. The use. Yes. So the article goes on. In 1990, as Neil fought his first congressional re-election campaign, the Massachusetts Inspector General's office began looking into his donor records. The case concerned Insurance Cost Control Incorporated, a firm Neil, in one of his final acts as mayor, had handed a no-bid contract worth $2.5 million for overseeing the town's employees' health insurance, and whose owner, Paul Tinsley, had donated to his congressional campaign. That's the standard kind of uh, Democrat nepotism where it's just like, yeah, you give me $50,000 and I'll give you $2.5 million and it'll work out. Yeah, it's very classic 80s stuff. So the Attorney General eventually determined Neil had been the recipient of illegal donations from ICC employees whom Tinsley had directed to both donate and work on his campaign. The Attorney General's office had also found ICC had, under Neal's tenure in 1987 to 88, ripped the city off to the tune of close to $800,000. Just sending them bills for lunch, but it's like a $300 <laughs> turkey sandwich. Like just $100,000 on pizza? Huh? <laughs> Cheese pizza! I was yeah. buying a pizza party for local youths. <laughs> so he he never gets in trouble for any of this. He always vehemently denies any wrongdoing and defends, you know, everything that he did. That's the thing. Why do we even look into politicians? We don't punish them. But they, we just like publish these articles to let people know. Because yeah, because pe- rub your finger at them. Because people are really into public shaming, but with these people, shame doesn't work because they're no, I mean, they're looking down at the top of your head and you're just fucking yammering at them and it's nothing. They still, they, have, they still have their power, they still have their money, they still have their seat. It does not matter what you attempt to shame them for in the public. Yeah, they literally get off on shame. Uh, parody in <laughs> Minecraft, there is not a single member of the House of Representatives who does not like being pissed on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why the Trump golden shower thing never caught any steam. Yeah, because no, they're, no, they're like, yeah, that's that's just what doesn't, that doesn't everyone do that? It's like, that's how you get blooded into Congress. You kill a six-year-old, and then you get a golden shower by the oldest member. (laughs) Through the 90s, Neil's closeness with the insurance and financial service firms that made up an important chunk of his local economy saw him repeatedly take the side of the corporate sector in Congress. Uh, Neil proved to be one of the perennial thorns in Bill and Hillary Clinton's sides as as they embarked on their doomed healthcare reform effort. So... He basically, he opposed forcing small businesses to provide health insurance, and he was a leader in the push to lower the required number of insured employees from 250 to 100. (laughs) So, yeah, it's just like, it's just like bureaucratic austerity, just like fucking to spite people. And it's funny because Hillary Hillary Care, or so the centrist Democrats will claim, is what, like, poisoned Hillary's mind and made her feel like she couldn't run to the left on healthcare to Obama or to Sanders because she had already been fucked over in her, like, milk toast version of it. (laughs) I like this. I like this quote from Neil. On the subject of keeping healthcare costs down, Neil claimed that cost was, quote, relative, quipping that, quote, if it's your relative, cost is not an issue. Could you be any more what? fucking separated from 
everyday life of not just America. He's addressing fucking... it on like like it's a moral issue, like you're deciding yeah. whether or not you can spend the money on healthcare. That's not the decision people are making. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, you go to the doctor and then you're a fucking indentured servant. That's the issue, yes. Neil. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, if there's a, if exactly. there's any decision, it's like, am I gonna like eat or pay my rent or see the doctor? Exactly. It's so on the, the nose. Decision. It's Dude. like a cynical satire. Yeah, he is like a character. It's like he's not like it's like he can't be a real person with the way he thinks or acts he's, or believes. He's fucking but... Carl Diggler, literally. Um. Where Neil was firmly behind the White House was in efforts to gut welfare. <laughs> <laughs> a very loyal Democrat, indeed. Yes, yes. Uh, co-chairing the House Democratic Welfare Reform Task Force, Jesus Christ, is that a mouthful, and working extensively on the bill viewed as one of the signature de defeats of President FDR's legacy, Neil attacked Republicans from the right during the bill's writing, complaining their bill, quote, does nothing, absolutely nothing, to promote work over welfare, welfare, and promising his would, quote, be tougher on the work requirement than even the president's bill was. He says, individuals should be provided with the opportunity to work, and if they do not want to work, then their benefits should be denied. <laughs> I mean, this this guy is the villain in an 80s movie. He owns the fucking... He's the one that wants to turn the ski resort into a hotel. <laughs> Come the fuck on. And Alex, uh, Alex Morse has to do a ski race with him. Yeah. To, uh... He has a gigantic painting of Reagan in his office. In Austin Powers, he's Mr. Number Two, the guy with the cat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, the effort suggested the somewhat conservative streak Neil also displayed when it came to abortion rights. He had voted against federal funding for abor abortions, even in cases of rape and incest, and for banning the procedure used in late-term abortions. I thought that this was a good time to uh, say he did receive the coveted Nancy Pelosi endorsement this cycle. Vote for women. <laughs> like, what the fuck, man? This is like that fucking oh, Obama thing where he offered Boner, er, John Boner the, uh... <laughs> John Boner the abortion rights in D.C. in exchange for gutting welfare the way he wanted to. Uh, despite having voted against NAFTA and getting a significant amount of support from organized labor, Neil closed out the decade by being one of the two members of the 10-member uh, Massachusetts delegation to turn against unions and vote to grant China permanent normal trade relations. So, uh, they interview a couple union members for this article, and it's basically, you know, they were super angry with him. They have quotes, they say, um, he was one of our guys and he voted against us, and Richie Neal knows we have nowhere else to go. I mean, this guy is a classic union buster. Oh, absolutely. He, he probably, it was probably like a, uh, like an election thing for him when, uh, NAFTA was coming around, so he voted against that to get the union vote. Mm -hmm. Then, by the time the, uh, the, the TPP thing came around or whatever, he had secured whatever he needed to secure, and he was like, fuck him. That's this whole guy's, this, his whole ethos is fuck him. Yeah, and yeah, that's exactly it. it. For the last two decades, he basically made a name for himself by touting progressive policies and promising to vote in their favor, and then ultimately voting against them and raking in massive donations from healthcare lobbies and other influence buyers. And it, it steadily became more brazen as we near this uh, recent election. So... With the Trump era, Neil has ascended to a newly prominent role, finally winning the chairmanship of the Ways and Means Committee. At the same time, his corporate fundraising has, not coincidentally, reached new levels too. 
One longtime lobbyist celebrated his ascension would make an enormous difference in Massachusetts priorities being funded because when you're chairman, you really can have the definitive hold on what's in the bill and what's not in the bill. <laughs> the whole point of this guy is he's a Republican. Exactly. They love doing like, this. These are all the Democrats that the uh, Justice Dems are able to challenge. The ones who have yes. held their seat for a hundred years and wrote it, voted like a Republican because the people in their district have no other option. And the ones that systematically get endorsed by Nancy Pelosi. Oh, of course. Well, these are Nancy's favorite people. This is who the party is supposed yeah. to be. And Pelosi, yeah. Pelosi didn't endorse Markey after saying she would only endorse incumbents or whatever. No, she endorsed <laughs> Kennedy because Markey was too mean to the Kennedy legacy. Yep, yep, yep. Imagine Classic. caring about the Kennedy legacy. The Kennedy legacy is the dead Kennedys at best. <laughs> yeah, the Kennedy yeah. legacy is a bunch of dead people. Like... Yeah, the, the Kennedy legacy is the continued embargo on Cuba. In Neil's first quarter as chairman alone, he raised more than $520,000 from corporate donors and industry lobbying groups, while spending more than $467,000 for fundraising events at lavish locales and pricey events like concerts and games. Who is playing concerts for Richard Neal? <laughs> <laughs> the, the Strokes. Pink Floyd. <laughs> Welcome to the machine. Ro no, Roger Waters specifically. Yeah, Roger Waters is like doing the wall show, and as they're building the wall blocks or whatever, it's just a picture of Richard <laughs> Neal's face and it says vote. <laughs> <laughs> that seems tame in comparison to his more recent activities as chairman, which include holding a 100th birthday party for insurance firm AIG in the Ways and Needs <laughs> Committee hearing room. <laughs> <laughs> complete with lobbyists and elected officials oh this, my god this, it's just, this is a cliche the guy's entire life is a cliche 80s movie that I wouldn't even laugh at a birthday party for a life insurance company in the committee <laughs> that decides how we tax people with lobbyists that generosity has come with access after receiving $16,000 from tax preparation companies Intuit and H&R Block in the last two election cycles, Neil and the rest of the committee passed a bill barring the IRS from making a free online tax filing system. That's so a awesome. Again, it's, it's like literally just bureaucratic spite for no reason. Our, ta our tax system is bureaucratic spite for no reason. Like the way we tax people. <laughs> That's true. It's designed so... Poorer people or people who don't have the time to go into it and, like, look through it all will fuck it up and owe the government more money versus richer people who know how to game it can pay nothing. Like It also it also creates plus, the completely fake industry of people that do taxes for you. Exactly, exactly, and TurboTax.com and all that. Yeah, yeah. Having to pay more for, for TurboTax that you're using for free because they found you a new deduction and they won't let you take it off. Exactly, <laughs> like... Uh, he's raked in money from hospitals at the same time that he blocked legislation to end the practice of surprise billing. <laughs> I mean, come the fuck on! Taking hundreds of thousands of dollars from insurers and pharmaceuticals, Neil forbade Democrats at a Medicare for All hearing from using the phrase, Medicare for All. <laughs> <laughs> and is looking only to revive Obamacare's individual mandate, a giveaway for the insurance industry, given it forces consumers to buy their products. Uh, I mean, and you know, this is the guy that just got reelected. I didn't know shit about this guy. I'm, I'm just upset. Like <laughs> nobody knew shit about this guy. I can't, e I can't even like. It's like it's, it's like funny how evil it is or whatever. I'm just like, ah, uh, like this is the world we live in. 
And and he's gonna live until he's like 110. They always do, Maddie. They always do. <laughs> that, that's the but thing. For... Him and Henry Kissinger are gonna be fucking playing cards on our graves. Yep. But forbade them from using the words. Like that yeah. is just cartoonish levels of idiocy. I love it. At the same time as all of this, he's put an effort to slowing down or outright halting Democrats' pushes for the re uh, release of Trump's tax returns, which. I, I, personally, the tax return thing, it's not too big a pressing issue to no, me. No, it I just sucks, because this is what Morse ran on. Or not Morse, this is what fucking Neil ran on. Neil said mm. that this time he was going to release the tax returns oh, and yeah, he got yeah, reelected. Yeah. And that's yeah. literally worth more to a lot of people who don't understand how shit works than Medicare. Mm-hmm. It's like, no shit, Donald Trump's taxes are going to be fucked up. Everybody always already knows that. Do you think something is going to happen to him as a result of that? Yeah, exactly. It's like, rich people don't pay taxes. I don't even think his are any more fucked up than Bezos's. That's just yeah, how it like, works. The IRS just accidentally didn't reprimand Donald Trump for the entirety of his life for how fucked up his taxes are. But then, when there's an inquiry into it and they, they're made public, then something's gonna happen? Come the fuck on! That is naive as fuck. And even, Absolutely. some of these people probably don't even think something's going to happen, but it's just that feeling of, oh, you did something wrong, you did another thing wrong, and now we have proof of it. And that's, exactly, that's but that it doesn't give them. anything to anyone. Of course not, of course not. It gives them the little feeling in their fucking soul that's barely exactly. there. They think that they are going to, well, actually, sir, Republicans out of supporting Trump. Republicans don't care. Yeah. That's the whole thing. It's making you upset. That's what they like, you stupid idiot. <laughs> but apparently there is a reason why he's doing this with the tax returns. Uh, so he could get Trump's help to pass another giveaway to insurers. <laughs> it's it's basically he talks they he talks about a like a retirement reform bill that features a section that would essentially make it illegal to sue an employer for not granting a retiree uh, annuity payments. <laughs> and it's like. That bill, for the most part, that bill is like, it's good. It's like a good thing. It's just that this one section, you know, you know how fucking bill bundling works. It's just that Neil fought the entire thing to add this par parasitic uh, section. You should have gone with parasitic paragraph. Oh, you're right. That would have been more potent. Potent. There. You like what I did there? A I did, I did parasitic indeed. paragraph. My science is potent. <laughs> so, closing paragraph here. Richard Neal's career has shown that if a lawmaker keeps his head down, stays out of the limelight, and occupies a safe party seat, he can rise through the ranks doing the bidding of industry and lobbyists with little to no controversy. Next Tuesday's primary will be a test of whether that strategy will continue to pay off. And it seems that strategy has indeed paid off. And I just want to be clear, we chose to do this episode after the election because we're not smart, and we definitely would have fucked up and made really bad predictions. Yeah, we'd be like, I don't know, I think Kennedy's gonna take it, but Morse is gonna pull through because we're <laughs> fucking idiots. Yeah, yeah. No, um, we predicted this exactly. Yeah, you guys didn't hear, we weren't recording. Yeah, we said it was gonna happen. In conclusion, two incubants in great, great word, Joe. Uh, <laughs> two incubant candidates in Massachusetts both held on to their seats. That's good for one and bad for the other. Uh, yeah, there's no justice in this world. There's no karma. Carson Daly's a fucking liar. Yeah, um, you're right. Uh, they're absolutely going to take the uh, like 
Pod Save America is going to take the position that this election proves that we need to keep incubants and never challenge anyone. <laughs> if you have your seat, you have it forever. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter if you're this guy and you're the Shah of fucking unemployment. The only respectful way to get a seat in Congress is to be appointed it when uh, someone dies or steps down. Well, uh, in conclusion That's... to this, I guess, Morse, run again. You got fucked yeah. over, you had no attention, and you can do it right next time. I'll He's got a national profile now, and that's what I'm saying. It is, you know, he didn't lose that horribly, though he did lose. But now that he has an actual national profile, if he if he were to challenge Neil again, I think he might take it. Might, maybe it's pretty close, but... Maybe there will be some sort of harmony in the world for once, and Dick Neil will have some sort of personal event and he uh there has to be a special election in fucking massachusetts and alex morris runs and takes his seat <laughs> tricky dick like Neil. He, he's old <laughs> he's old he's shitty maybe karma will take mm. him and no, then definitely not though oh of course not like i said dick <laughs> neil and henry kissinger will be like playing cards with like elliot abrams and yeah. i don't know henry kissinger will be the first Bill person Clinton. we ever figure out how to make live forever <laughs> He will... Ever since the Iron Man, everybody wants the robot heart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was the more serious one. Maybe we got into a little bit of the theory and the talking and the politics. You know, these things. But that's why, folks, you know, we're not going to leave you with the blue balls, okay? We're going to give you that reach around. We're ending off with a funny article titled, Sarah Huckabee Sanders says Trump told her to go to North Korea and take one for the team after John Kim Jong-un winked at her. <laughs> Hell yeah, let's do it. I didn't even know we were doing this one. I'm so excited. Yeah, it's a really good one. Um, it's by Thomas Colson in Business Insider. Ah, yes. <laughs> Business Insider. Third eye, man. Like, just don't call your shit Insider. <laughs> um, so it starts out, President Donald Trump told Sarah Huckabee Sanders, a former White House press secretary, to go to North Korea and take one for the team after Kim Jong-un appeared to wink at her during a summit in 2018, she said in a new book. In her memoir, Sanders described an incident at the summit in Singapore with Trump, Kim, and a collection of their aides. The pair talked about sports, including women's soccer, at which point Sanders looked up to, quote, Notice Kim staring at me, she said, according to The Guardian. We made eye contact and Kim nodded and appeared to wink at me, she wrote. I was stunned. I quickly looked down and continued taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's out of the uh, that's out of that Seth Rogen movie. Oh, dude, it's Senpai Kohai. <laughs> yeah, Kim, Kim Jong-un's like charismatic and he's like, hey. <laughs> this is a reverse up? harem anime. <laughs> this is progressive this, this is what the left wants so, she said you know what just happened surely kim jong-un did not just make a mark at me make a mark <laughs> i don't know what the fuck that means I were mean, you born in the 13th century what you the fuck you is wrong remember, with you her dad is mike huckabee so she was that's what i was gonna was say raised as if she was in the 13th century yeah you're uh, raised by mike huckabee sanders you're gonna say make a mark at me i think he's just yeah. mike huckabee oh fuck i think the sanders I, is after she married uh bernie son you're right <laughs> Simone Sanders as well. Yeah, it's a beautiful, uh, it's a beautiful like three-way marriage. So, she says, uh, 
Later, in the presidential limousine, she told Trump and John Kelly, who was then his chief of staff, about the incident. Kim Jong-un hit on you, Trump said, according to Sanders. He did. He fucking hit on you. (laughs) 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 Uh, You can can just imagine Trump just having the fucking time of his life at the thought of that. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, dude. This is fucking TV drama. This is what The Apprentice is all about. Like, this is... He's living for this. it's It's everything he hoped being president would be. Sanders replied, sir, please stop. (laughs) (laughs) And Trump's like, the whole crew, the whole crew hitting, the whole crew. (laughs) You're getting off off lucky, Eric, as the fuck, Bolsonaro. (laughs) I'm sending Tiffany to Orban. Ivanka has to fuck Jared. (laughs) (laughs) Which is for the state of Israel. (laughs) Uh, So... Trump goes on. Well, Sarah, that settles it. You're going to North Korea and taking one for the team. Your husband and kids will miss you, but you'll be a hero to your country. (laughs) (laughs) And she says that Trump and Kelly howled with laughter. As we are right now, (laughs) reading the quotes. (laughs) This is supposed to be damning, you know what I mean? This is her this is her ticket to the resistance. But that's the thing. It's it's all damning. It's never not been damning. This is like what you come to expect. Well, I'm saying it's supposed to be damning to be like, look at this, Trump hates women, he's a misogynist. But that's the thing, everyone comes out with that, but it's like, we've known that forever, and yeah, you're not gonna no you're not gonna pull any of his supporters at this point by saying that. Like, they think it's funny! Yeah. They and, think she's a traitor for fucking, you know, retiring. For not fucking Kim Jong-un. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that'd be so hot, can you imagine their kids? <laughs> Just, just like the Huckabee, like big dumb oaf sons, but they're also fucking Korean. <laughs> would they be the uh, the heirs to uh, the North Korean? Like, would they be in charge State? after Kim Jong Un died? <laughs> oh God, that'd be such a downgrade. <laughs> they it get would end they- Juche. <laughs> I was it would say, end Juche. I was gonna say, they have to get incorporated into the whole Juche thing. They have to rewrite some shit to include the uh, the Huckabee Sanders <laughs> line. Uh, how, how how would how would the naming work? They would be Kim Jong, like, I don't know, Arlo. Is that a southern name? <laughs> Kim Jong Arlo Huckabee Sanders. <laughs> Kim Jong Sanders. I think it would be. <laughs> I can, I think it would be Kim Huckabee Jong Sanders Arlo. Very good. You're very right. Good. You're right. <laughs> you know what this proves to me more than What's anything. That? Uh. It proves, what people always ask, if Trump loses this election, what should he do? What's he going to do? And the obvious answer is he's going to run again in 2024 and win. But, <laughs> but what he should do is he should buy an all-leather suit and do the Eddie Murphy raw bit verbatim <laughs> on TV. It would make everyone happy. I would be ecstatic. Trump walks in for a really sick filibuster. He just uh, hits the Trump? microphone, goes straight to the N-word, like just jumps on it. <laughs> Pounces Trump? like a tiger. Trump is uh Trump is flipping channels at night, watches the Eddie Murphy Dolomite is my name movie, and thinks the character <laughs> is genius, and then just starts doing Dolomite and telling everyone he came up with it. <laughs> uh, yeah, but reading this article, it sort of just like refreshed my completely black hole goldfish brain on the entire Trump North Korea saga. You guys remember that, right? It wasn't that long ago. Yeah. No, yeah. 
At a rally in September 2018, uh, Trump says that he and Kim, quote, fell in love. <laughs> and that the North Korean leader had written him beautiful letters. Why didn't he take one for the team? It's, it's, it's Donald Trump singing the letter. Oh, dude, behind blue eyes, it's just Donald Trump uh, crying because fucking he wants to fuck Sanders and not him. <laughs> it's the first brand new album. <laughs> The article ends uh, ends out with first of all, I didn't know this guy was alive. Bob Woodward's second second book on Trump titled Rage. Like Woodward Bernstein? Uh yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I wonder who the new deep throat is. <laughs> he describes the content of the letters and says that Kim said his relationship with Trump was out of a fantasy film. <laughs> what fantasy film? Star Wars? Are we talking Anakin Padme? Yes. Are we calling? Are we? Are we talking Paul Maldiv and Chani? No, it's the two people from Starship Troopers who get to fuck in the tent <laughs> for like ten minutes before. <laughs> Permission to not, sir. Permission granted. Oh uh, yeah, let's let's close off with that Chapo joke. <laughs> that is not a Chapo joke. That's a fucking uh, what's it called? Starship Troopers joke. No, it's word for word a Chapo joke about Starship Troopers. Oh god damn it. <laughs> well, uh, that's what you stupid assholes get for reviewing Verhoeven before I was like, you know, conscious. Yeah. yeah. Uh what was assholes? Uh what else were we going to say about this? Uh this is hot. I like it a lot. I don't know. I just wanted to say uh deep throat cuz it's funny. Did I talk about their fucked up kids? Who's fucked up kids? Uh wait, yeah, I did. I did. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, that's that's all we got for uh this week, I, folks. I, you guys want Actually wanna... Let me let me hit this other short ass article that I found that is hilarious that we were talking about er- earlier. All right. Video game giant Ubisoft on Saturday said it would be dropping raised fist imagery from Tom Clancy's Elite Squad <laughs> after some in the gaming community criticized the company's for associating Black Lives Matter with the game's <laughs> villains. <laughs> uh <laughs> In the opening scene of Elite Squad a raised fist to represent the game's villain, an anarchist group taking advantage of escalating civil unrest to generate even more chaos and weaken governments. It's so blatantly the Black Lives Matter fist. It's so blatantly the Panther fist. I bet they call. I bet. I bet they get called Marxists in the game. Oh, absolutely. Uh, they have removed the fist from the imagery after the. Everyone got very fucking angry at them, and they were like, "No, we They're are not gonna... owned." They probably call them Stalinists at some point too, because anarchists love Stalin. You know, yeah, it's, everything makes sense. They'll probably just replace the fist with like the original Black Panther logo. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a picture of Chadwick Boseman, yeah. and they're like, "This is the villain." <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's the main villain. <laughs> Wakanda is the. Uh, the hq of the villains exactly anyway ah, I, mean, that, I guess that's all we got yeah that's it that's all i had you uh, guys want to uh you guys want to pack up do our uh sound off maybe watch a movie uh it sounds good to me Definitely man i'm gonna gather i need some pancakes and sausage before i uh swing on over there uh, bring fancy. yeah bring me a sausage link just I'll, one i'll bring you a single <laughs> sausage link joey signing off i've been joe i am danny and I've been Matt. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Boomer Death Pod. We have been Boomer Death Squad. Uh, 
Tell your friends about us. <laughs> That's it. Make some <laughs> friends so you can tell them about us. You fucking friendless loser. <laughs>